Live from Master Closet Studios, you're listening to the only podcast on the internet whose words don't match up with the movements of their lips. What? Hmm? Oh, because of those freaky aliens. Oh, yeah. That's what it's they, like they just open they their look, mouth. Yeah. They just look like they're chewing on an apple slice. <laughs> hey, it's the noobs and the Hoovian. <laughs> Starting off the creep level high this week. My name is Austin, and I'm the Hoovian. These are my sons, Corbin and Tripp. And, and we're, we're the, the noobs. noobs. And this is the podcast that's introducing a whole new generation to Doctor Who by watching an episode each and every single week without fail, except for when we don't. And then discussing it from the perspective of a dad who's seen it before. And, and two, two sons, sons who haven't. So welcome to episode number 152, covering series 10, episode 7, The Pyramid at the End of the World. Ooh, there's a typo there. It's actually The Pyramid at the End oh, of the World. Oh, okay. This makes will all be, the difference this, in the world. This will be important. It will pay off. Later on in the episode. No. Hey, this is the one where the Earth gets peacefully attacked by aliens, a bunch of really important people die, and a typo nearly kills the human race. And Bill gives up the human race's freedom for a pair of eyes. <laughs> a typo? What was the typo? He added a zero yeah, he, or something. He, he, he missed a de- suddenly he misplaced oh! the decimal. Yeah, he moved the decimal over. I was like, what's the typo? He moved a decimal the over and was there a contract? It creates bacteria <laughs> that would disperse across. They could just like the melt entire- people? I, yeah. Yeah, people. what? And Plants and takes a know, second, but you know, they turn into green goo or whatever. Yeah, I yeah. always love that trope in, in sci fi where it's like, oh, I don't feel so good. <laughs> you know, it's, like, it's like nothing, 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 <laughs> full bodily decompression you know, or, yeah. or decomposition. Decompression. <laughs> <laughs> Explosion. Both of those are very bad. <laughs> Neither yeah. one is what I, the way I want to spend my Sunday afternoon. I'd much rather do it. Talking about story number 271, originally airing May 27th, 2017 to 5.79 million viewers. Again, worth mentioning. Million. Yeah. At least five million more than we have. Uh, this <laughs> was written least. by Peter Harness and Stephen Moffat. Now, Harness also wrote along with Stephen Moffat, the Zygon Invasion and the Zygon Inversion story. And the reason that I bring that up is that this episode that we we are talking about today, Pyramid at the End of the World, was directed by Daniel Netheim, who you've heard me mention last week because he did Extremis, as well as the Zygon Invasion and Inversion. Mm-hmm. So we had a, a total uh, pairing up here of, of the writer team slash director from that story. Yeah. So... Good on you. Fun stuff. Uh, miscellaneous trivia this week. Termezistan, while it's not the first time it's been mentioned on this show, because I believe it was mentioned... Oh, no. Oh, I, I briefly saw it. Where did it say? It was another 12th Doctor episode. So, mm. so fairly recent history. I think even this season. Uh, there was something happening in Termezistan. Totally made up place. Doesn't exist. Mm. Not real. Sounds like a real place. Yeah, yeah. I've noticed this um, this trope. So in the, in the 80s... The bad guys were always the Russians. <laughs> yeah. And and then in the 90s, it was kind of, I don't know, we were kind of at a a little bit better place with Russia. And so I'm trying to think of who who was the who were the bad guys in the 90s? I mm. want to say it might have been. I actually I don't even know now. All of a sudden <laughs> now that I'm thinking about it. Um, I don't know who like the go to like if you were gonna have a military conflict. Yeah. In the ni- in the eighties, it was Russia, like without a doubt, that's who it was gonna mm-hmm. be. And in the nineties, it was I don't know. Um, in the two thousands, it kind of like post nine eleven war on terror that kind of thing. Now again, this is very U.S. centric here, obviously. Yeah. Um, that that's my experience that I'm speaking from here. Um, 
we went to Middle East, but like in the 80s, it was definitely Russia. It was not miscellaneous Soviet bloc that you've never actually heard of because <laughs> they made it up. Yeah. But in the 2000s, it kind of became like generically Middle Eastern. <laughs> and so you would start getting these kinds of things like Termezistan. Um, this yeah. was not uncommon for a long time. <laughs> you would just add Istan to a made up syllable. Oh, wow. And yeah. it would be like your fictional uh, Middle Eastern, you know, like quasi Arabic uh, country or nation that uh, that was going to be your bad guy for the film. So it was kind of like sort of playing on the fears of Americans without being too racist. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, um, we kind of see what you're doing there guys, but okay. I think, uh, I think 24 did this a bunch. Um, the TV show 24, they would, they would just have sort of like vaguely middle Eastern <laughs> bad guys. You know, they, they weren't, they weren't ever. And, and I think part of it was because it kind of got to be, as we've gotten more and more global, it kind of got to be bad business. Um, for example, the, the remake of the movie Red Dawn was supposed to be uh, an invasion from North Korea. In the 80s, it was Russia. <laughs> in in uh, the, the 2000-something remake, it was going to be North Korea. I'm sorry. It was going to be China. It was going to be China invading. And it was quickly pointed out, China is like the largest movie market in the world. Yeah. <laughs> so maybe that's not a good idea. Maybe and not. so they switched it to North Korea because oh, wow. who cares? They're not showing movies in North Korea. <laughs> so it's like, you're telling me North Korea invaded and took over con the continental United States. Okay. <laughs> sure. Uh, I don't we'll think there's enough that. people in North Korea to pull that one off. Let alone <laughs> soldiers, but, um, but yeah, anyway, so Termezistan, not a real place. Cause I did wonder anytime I, anytime I, I hear a country name in a show, I, I'm in the back of my mind, I'm like, am, am I just geographically ignorant or is this a made up place? <laughs> this is a, yeah. Made up place. Um, now this episode marks moment of silence here, guys, marks the last time that we'll see 12 playing his guitar. Oh, here. Shed a tear for the Dr. Jax. <laughs> is anybody sad about that? No. He was know. barely playing it in this episode. Yeah, right? Yeah. He was more holding it. Uh, my, I still, my favorite was the, uh, the axe battle. Yeah. Where he rode out on a tank. Yeah. Playing the guitar. I think I missed this. What? Oh, that was the one episode you missed. Yeah. No. He was somewhere. Surely. Because that was the dude with the snake dude, and he doesn't even know the snake dude. Oh, it was that episode. Oh, man, Corbin. You missed you missed perhaps 12's greatest pun ever. <laughs> he was, where was he living in like 1256 yeah, or something? Yeah, he's like, this would be really a, funny. A Viking to a, to a, he shows up in an arena to fight like a Viking or something, <laughs> and he rides in on a tank playing his guitar, and he's like, you challenged me to an axe fight. So I brought my axe and he's like, stick around. That joke will pay off in a couple of centuries. <laughs> Anyways, in the cast had a couple of things we wanted to mention this week. Uh, the secretary general who uh, the Wikia never names. So I, I guess we never got his name. He's the guy hmm. that, that, you know, that said the doctor is the president. Um, he was played by Togo Igawa. Sorry. I tried to throw an extra syllable in there. Togo Igawa. Um, he played in Torchwood. He played a uh, mm. doctor or something or other in an episode of Torchwood. And he also voiced Hero in Thomas and Friends 
a la Thomas the Tank Engine. I don't know who that yeah, is. I don't know who he is. I don't is, either, but, but I just was like, wait a minute. I was I was looking him up because uh, I, I noticed that he was he was in Torchwood, and then I was like, he was on Thomas and Friends. <laughs> what? <laughs> so that wait, show what? never ceases to amaze me. Uh, the uh-huh. fact that both Ringo Starr and George Carlin were were prime characters on that show blows my mind yeah. every time. Um, and this is also, by the way, not the the first time. Uh, I think the very first time I ever actually posted a picture to one of our blog posts was of some random tank engine on the show that was yeah. voiced by whatever the guest star <laughs> was. Yeah. Female one. That one is still so Oh, there was like a really weird, she had like a really weird face yeah. in, that, in that screen drive <laughs> that we got. Yeah, so. Um, now, the monk... And and it's weird. He's credited as the monk, even though there's like at least three. Yeah. But the primary one, right? The one that the that's doing all the not talking. Uh, <laughs> the monk was played by Jamie Hill. Jamie Hill. This is. Do you guys remember way back in the day when we used to talk about our man in the suit? Uh, I don't remember the actor's name, but it was like anytime you had like, oh, yeah, it was like a monster that was just like a rubber suit. It was always the same guy in the suit. Yeah. Um, this guy is kind of that for this season or, 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 or <laughs> 12's time or rather he played the foretold, which was the mummy uh-huh, on yeah. the mummy on the orange express. He was also one of the three actors and it blows my mind that the Wikia says three, that there were only three actors who played silence. Hmm. Huh. So Jamie is one of the one of the three actors three? to play the silence. That's, I mean, if you think about it, that's surprising. Do you ever remember a time where you saw more than three on the screen that weren't hanging from the ceiling? Yeah, <laughs> like they were actually doing something. No, like, probably not. Three so, was probably the most. Uh, uh, yeah, time. exactly. So you know, usually like huh. one at the front waving his his floppy finger at you <laughs> and then two more in the background looking ominous and then you know that that was basically it so. uh, guys noobs in the hoobie is brought to you by google fi uh, google has its own cell phone service uh, that you can sign up for for twenty dollars a month for unlimited talk and text and then just ten dollars per gig of data after that so head over to <laughs> noobs slash fi and you'll get twenty dollars off after your first month and uh, get signed up there oh by the way uh, you can also you can bring your existing phone if you've if you've got one unlocked or you can buy one through them they run all kinds of great specials and stuff um so head on over noobs slash fi get signed up today that brings us down to the checklist um the name of the episode spoken in dialogue new no, uh pretty close but this is the title. This is this is this is one of those weird Wikia things. Okay, this is the title episode title with the most words in Doctor Who history. What in, is it? One, uh, two, the three, pyramid four, at the five, end six. of the world. Eight. Wow. <laughs> Which doesn't seem all that long. Yeah. Now there is an episode of Torchwood that was longer, and there is an episode of Class that was even longer than that. But as far as actual Doctor Who. This is Mm -hmm. the most words in a title. Now, does that mean that it's the longest title? It depends on how you define longest. Because if you're talking about the most characters, in other words, the most letters and and symbols and such, that one goes to the Doctor, the Widow, and the Wardrobe. So you notice that one is seven. So it's not as many words, but it it takes more presses of the keyboard to spell that one out. So which one is the longest title? It depends. (laughs) (laughs) Talking about words or characters. So um, it is also a nod, this title, The Pyramid at the End of the World. It's a nod to the sequel to Douglas Adams' hit novel, The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. The sequel to that book is The Restaurant at the End of the Universe. 
So this is kind of like a little bit of a nod to that. Mm. And Douglas Adams, in addition to being the author of that and, and other uh, books, was also a classic Who uh, writer. He was mm-hmm. a, a script writer. So uh, it was a fun little fun little nod. Um, there was the mention that we uh, Corbin immediately uh, went into having feelings about the fact that there's not an end of the world. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a globe. You, there's no end to it. And, and you know, then you can get into the, well, is the North Pole the, the top or is it not? Or it all those matter. All those kinds of things. It doesn't matter. None of that Anywho, matters. I do because think it was a pun. Because yeah. it's not at the end of the world, it's like the end of the sidewalk. Yeah, it's, mm-hmm. It was the end of the, end of the, the world, world, not the physical end of the planet. So none of you makes any sense. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> what were you about to say, Gordon? <laughs> what you just said. Ah. Because you mentioned that before we even started watching the episode. You're I mentioned like, what? It could be the end of the time of the world. Oh, did That's I? That's what I thought yeah, it was, was smart the whole time. I couldn't remember. Trip's <laughs> like, well, I was just smart enough to know that's what they meant the whole time. I read the title like two weeks ago and went, oh, that means oh, the world's going to end. end. The world. <laughs> if you say the phrase, the end of the world, you would think about the apocalypse, right? But if you suddenly put a thing in front of that phrase, the pyramid at the end it, of the world. I think it's, it's at. It makes it sound like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It makes it sound like you're talking about a geographical place. So it's yeah. a neat yeah. little pun. And I was, I, even as we were watching the episode, I was trying to remember like, wait, do we figure out that there's some sort of thing happening in central Turkmenistan? What was it? Turkmenistan? Turkmenistan. Made up a stand. Um, that makes it the the physical end of the planet Earth or something like that. There's a massive crack down it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. There's a time fissure there or there's a there's a time vortex singularity intersectional point of reference. You sound like Voyager. (laughs) (laughs) I finally finally started uh, Star Trek Voyager with the boys and I told them, and I keep reminding them, nobody does techno babble like Star Trek and no one in Star Trek does techno babble like Voyager. Just, I'm going to say one word word, uh, for you guys to remember and then any Voyager fans out there, compensating, compensating. On Voyager, they are always compensating. It's amazing. You can fix anything by right. either shouting to someone at a control panel, compensate, or if you're at said control panel, saying compensating. It's it's great. It's fantastic. <laughs> they fix everything that way. <laughs> the black hole is sucking us in, Captain. Compensate. Oh, yes. I'll get right on that. <laughs> Easy oh, to yes. do. <laughs> yeah. Anywho, uh, Corbin has all kinds of feelings about that show and what an event horizon actually is. But we're not going to get stuck on that. Watch the, the second creature- <laughs> episode for yourself. It's ridiculous. Look look forward to our spinoff podcast. Corbin has feelings about Voyager. All right. The uh, creature of the week uh, was, again, the monks. Um, they chose to look like this to look like humans, to which... Uh, G.I. Joe over there says, uh, the, the, the American uh, general says, you look like corpses. And he says, you are corpses to us. Like, Dang. Um, by the way, there was a, there was a small uh, fun little Wikia point that the, I think it was the, the American uh, guy was referred to as Colonel, but he was wearing the insignia of a four-star general, <laughs> which makes sense that he would be a four-star general because that's yeah. essentially the end of the line. Like, I think, I think there's only been like two five-star generals in the history of the United <laughs> States. 
and um, those are in like times of of war. One of them was retroactive, right? Because George Washington retroactive. No, he was a six it. star. Oh, a six star. Oh, yeah. Oh, so yeah, impressive. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, yeah, it's John, uh, John MacArthur, not John MacArthur, uh, General MacArthur and maybe Patton. Maybe Patton? I don't know. Who but Macar- MacArthur was a five star. Um, but yeah, the fact that he would be, a, a you know, if he's the guy representing the United yeah. States Army, he would be a four star general. So why do they call him Colonel? Like that doesn't yeah. make any sense at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, yeah, anyways, he was the one who said, you look like corpses to us. And you are corpses to us. Oh, burn. Just flip that one around. Um, I didn't have anything about the um, the TARDIS, the Sonic. Did, did we have anything worth? Uh, did we see the Sonic? It got destroyed. Yeah. yeah so did we see got, it this episode? No. no. Oh, had the glass. Did he have the? Did he have the? Oh yeah, he's still blind. Yeah, I, I do have some um, some fun stuff about that. Um, okay, can we talk about the glasses though? Because I understand about the echolocation. Or whatever. Yeah, why the can't they see people? Yeah, they can't. They can't see people. <laughs> what part of that makes it sense? It would somewhat. It, it somewhat makes sense. Like if you said it's echolocation or whatever, so you can't see the stuff that's yeah, on the not. screen. You can't, you can't see yes. stuff on a screen. No, no, you the can't fact see that color. he couldn't see a bright light. He yeah. couldn't see stuff on an iPad. He couldn't makes see sense. color. That makes sense. But why are people text boxes? <laughs> like yeah. in-game video game stats or something? Like <laughs> yes, like yes. you can tell that, but you can't display the picture of the person. So so let me just let me just throw in there that the Wikia on the last episode and this episode painstakingly recorded every single one of those cards. Oh my gosh. So it, it you know it says you know uh, security guard number two shows up as a male twenty six years old five foot six and <laughs> like they yeah. recorded all of that which oh I love I love I love that to no end and I actually. I I was glossing over that and ran across something that I'll bring up later on in the notes. But yeah, I'm with you, Corbin. I, I don't understand what the technology is supposed to be that it can perfectly render everything in the room, not give any detail about video outputs or color. Like, okay, so his sonic sunglasses can tell your age. Mm-hmm. By the way, height, weight, Body temperature and heart rate, but can't but display n- you as. But can't show your general shape. Yeah, and, and for that matter, can't. And if it can do all of that, why can it not relay the information that's coming out of an iPad? Yeah. Why yeah. can't it do that? Also, I just feel like it's. It seems like it's echolocation or something, but it's feeding the information directly into his brain. So why can't it just? feed video feeds into his brain why does it have to be this weird echolocation yeah, because video? it's it's his eyes that were damaged not his like optic nerves or the or the vision yeah. center of his brain he's visually interpreting this information somehow so yeah very good point why don't the sonic sunglasses just have cameras on which i think have we established they that they do. have cameras on he them? watched a video right yeah, yeah. <laughs> why can't wait he- a minute what yeah. Yeah. He, you know what? I thought about that. He watched a video a of it. in he full color with yes. seeing the people. Yes. What? He saw things that that other doctor filming the video could not see. And wasn't even present for. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what? 
like, why does that make any like the sense? information about the projectors and crap the doctor wasn't there for half of that episode right right oh jeez. Oh oh, anything so else about the uh about the sonic or the tardis did the tardis do anything in this episode except oh the only thing we really got about the tardis was that it got picked up by unit and yeah. he's like how did you get it out the windows weren't big enough and the guy goes they are now <laughs> i love that line that was great uh let's see no um no jibberty jabberty or anything like that um let's see what is this line oh somebody said oh my god because he like the TARDIS appeared or whatever. And he pops out and says, no, I'm the doctor, but it's an easy, easy mistake to make the eyebrows. What? What, what, are, the eyebrows? what are you saying about God's eyebrows? What God, God is well known for his huge bushy. Yeah. yeah. For his angry attack. Eyebrows. <laughs> yeah. What does that even mean? Have I mentioned, have I mentioned, um, Larry boy and the attack of the angry eyebrows? No. Yes. Have I, did I mention this on the show? Uh, I don't. Right, so ve- Veggie Tales. Y'all remember Veggie Tales? Yes. Okay. And Larry the Cucumber had his alternate ego, Larry Boy. Yeah. That was just literally hero. him with a cape or this whatever, him and like plunger ears. Yeah. Um, <laughs> cape, cape and cowl and plunger ears. Well, then there was a whole spinoff called the Animated Adventures of Larry Boy, <laughs> or the Larry Boy Animated Adventures or something, where it was straight like hand drawn cartoon, not three D animation. And one of the first ones, if not the first one, was the attack of the angry eyebrows. And every time the eyebrows get referenced, every time 12's eyebrows get referenced, I think of that because he calls them attack eyebrows. We've called them angry eyebrows. I just can't uh, avoid the, uh, the association. So if you're looking for uh, fairly clever um, kids cartoon show, look up the, the adventures of Larry boy. I, I can't, I don't, I don't have any clue where that would be streaming. I have no idea for, for like five minutes, YouTube. CBS or ABC owned them or something. I don't know if they do anymore. Yeah. It's probably on YouTube. You can probably find some, some clips of it on YouTube. So, uh, and off Corbin goes to YouTube. Anyways, uh, let's see the, um, other stuff we noticed. Penny doesn't believe in aliens. Penny, mm. the the girl, the the woman from the beginning of the last two yeah. episodes, where she keeps finding reasons to get freaked out and leave. Yeah, uh, rightfully so. I don't blame her. Um, she doesn't believe in aliens. Why? Why? Why does this show? Why? I was just uh, recently rewatching uh, the first episode of the next season, um, the first episode that thirteen is in, and that is like a central point. Like it's said a couple of times, um, like. Oh, uh, what do you mean aliens? That's crazy, preposterous. And it's like what we've are only we seen them about? attack Earth like seven times. Yeah, and what's crazy is so is, much so that every Christmas right. the people evacuate. <laughs> you know, it's, it's like funny. nobody stays in London for for Christmas anymore because it's going to get attacked if David Tennant's yeah. around. But on top of that, this is right on the heels of them having seen an alien. Yeah. Like something yeah. that is obviously not of this earth. And they're like, Psh, wonder what that was. And, you know, she's like, that's alien technology. And aliens what right a- aliens? What are you talking about? Crazy. Is- we don't get aliens in Sheffield. I'm like, what? <laughs> I just I think most people nowadays, if you said something about an alien, their response wouldn't be aliens don't exist. It would be I want proof that it was an alien. Right. Yeah. Because. Yeah. I feel like you're it, talking about in the real world. Yeah, in the yeah. real world. Right. I think most people are <laughs> under be, the agreement yeah. that aliens probably do exist. They're just we not just on Earth at this moment. Right. 
<laughs> I saw a headline just the other day that, you know, the, the United States Air Force takes aliens seriously. Why doesn't everybody else or something like that? Um, so, yeah, I, I, I do not understand the constant going back to this well of we have to make the doctor seem crazy by or or uh, the companion, because in this case, Penny is is doubting Bill, not she hasn't even met the doctor yet, I don't think. Um, so we have to, we have to put this crazy factor in there, right? Like, oh yeah, you know, like it'd be one thing if, if she was like, oh, aliens, we know those are a thing, but I highly doubt you're traveling around with a crazy man in a blue box. Who's also an alien <laughs> yeah. that seems out there. Right. Um, so I don't, not, I don't know. Not aliens aren't real, even though we've seen them every year. And yeah. Like so many times, yeah. so many times. Anyways. Uh, Corbin, there's there's just a blank space here for Corbin has feelings. Do you have feelings this week, or are you numb? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Why are those? The only those two? are the only two options. <laughs> Either you have a, a, a you have just, feelings, or you had feelings. yeah a frustrated rant of the week, or you must be numb. No, seriously, do you have anything? Uh, no. The glasses, obviously, those are dumb yeah. in so many ways. But well, we already discussed. <laughs> that's that's all, really. I don't. Um, I thought this one was okay. Like there wasn't a whole lot of stupid things. Okay. No, I oh, wait, hate, wait, oh. I hate. Oh, here that it comes. Bill here it comes. decided to just give up the earth. Oh yeah. For, for the art. So that the doctor for can eyesight. Well, there he was going to die. So, so many workarounds to this problem <laughs> that he can't see the keypad. Like send me a video and I will tell you how many rotations I for each point. <laughs> there are so many, not to mention, like, it didn't look much like an explosion. It looked like fire consuming the air. So I think at worst, the doctor would have regenerated and maybe he would have just she gotten a She doesn't know about burn. degeneration. I mean, generation. Uh, she doesn't, does she? I don't, I don't think so. He kind of vaguely mentioned it and then didn't explain it. I mean, I anything. guess that's true. She didn't, we put it in the recap. I just put it in the, in the who is Bill section here that she didn't really give up the earth for the doctor's eyesight. She needed the doctor to be able to see so that he could save himself. No. So really she gave up the earth. She consented so that the doctor could stay alive. Now, So that he could save is, the earth from them later. So. I was going to say, is did she say that? I don't think what? she ever did. Or, or are we conjecturing? Because I would say, I was about to say the exact same thing. I mean, I if she saves the doctor, idea, he can but... rescue them from the monks yeah. at, at a later date. You know, live to, live to, you know, die another day or whatever. I feel like the monk's plan is a little flawed anyways, because asking like three people for their consent to take over the entire world is not going to go over well. Well, you just have to I have power. I like think it's power interesting what? that exactly. Like, if I'm a teacher, if you, does that make me have power? One of you guys they asked Bill because she's a friend with the Doctor, a person most of humanity doesn't know exists. Right. Yeah. Um, unless you think, unless you remember that time that Martha walked around the entire world telling people about him. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> How many people do you think she actually managed to tell about him? Enough, enough to save to, the universe. Yeah. <laughs> Remember, he was yeah. a he was a tiny little squished up man. <laughs> so dumb. The worst CGI ever. <laughs> um, the wor- the single worst incarnation of the Doctor. Yeah. Ever. Gollum <laughs> Doctor. 
um, yeah. So I, I don't know. I, I don't understand the idea. You guys, you guys had problems during the episode with the idea that random general number two, you know, from the U S army can surrender the whole planet or the the leader of the Chinese army. Who was it? It was China, Russia, and and the U S is that who Mm -hmm. it was? Um, yeah, that any one of those leaders, military leaders, because you guys were like, well, they just like run the army. That's not going to mean everybody else. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, whatever. Like, let's, you know, Keep eating your popcorn. But when it got down to Bill, I'm like, uh, she just has power. It seems that the only prerequisite for, you know, answering the question, do you have power is to just answer the question. Yeah. Do you have power? Uh, well, I own a deli. Okay. You're good. I own own a deli. I am. I am in control of the cold cuts. Yeah. I have power over the sliced. Like they wanted people with power, but none of these people had enough power to like, Control I, the thoughts of the entire. I would, human race. I would argue. No, I would argue that it, that in this type of a situation, that that the head of That's a major not, military power could stand in that stead. They just needed a representative for Earth to agree with. Yeah. Them. What was Bill's answer though when he said, "Do you have power?" What did she say? I think I she know said, "I don't." And then he was like, "Oh, but you know the doctor," and it's like. It's not a lot of power, yeah, like really. Knowing the doctor, she can control him. No, she can't. She can't. Oh yeah, yeah. They said he's she speaks for him, and he's the president of the the world or whatever. But yeah. I'm like, ha ha, what? Like he didn't say that. <laughs> she has no real way of like getting him to do anything. Like, I'm friend really. with the pre- I'm a friend of the president, so I can just you know make up <laughs> rules. Yeah. I may know the president. That doesn't mean I can, like, persuade him to do things. Well, you could, yeah. but... Especially maybe, when but... he has already specifically stated, like, no. never going to happen. No. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so... I don't think it was they, they needed... <gasps> like he said, we need to be loved. They I don't didn't know what need, they need. They didn't need actual power. I, I am they still, just need someone to I am like still them. Con- confused by that. And, I, and again, surprise, surprise, I don't remember... If we resolve that in the next episode, why it is that they need love, why that is other other than tropes, you know. I feel like they wanted to just be accepted, but I don't understand why they needed the consent to help in the first place. If they just help solved the problem, then maybe people would consent to them. Like and they would being love. Yeah, I, yeah. Except that they convinced that, like, three people. Yeah. Well, except that they didn't because. Like it has to be motivated pure. Oh. Uh, the motivations have to be pure. And then it's like, well, fear isn't pure. Well, you didn't tell me that. And then it's like strategy, <laughs> strategy isn't pure. Isn't well, you pure. didn't mention that either. <laughs> you didn't tell us what pure was, first of all. Yeah. I don't remember. Was it even was sand. it even before I think it wasn't until after he said, You are motivated by love, love is pure. I don't even think I think that was after everything was said and done. So it's like they never did yeah. reveal what pure motive would look like. Yeah. They're just like, step over into my murder box and see if you come out alive. <laughs> like either and the human race with you. Either you're surrendering the entire planet or you're gonna you're be getting evaporated to death. So yeah. I was like, who in a power of position would actually do this without some sort of Right, yeah, Secondary some motive. kind of motive. How would it be anything? It's yeah, not how just would it be love. <laughs> None of these yeah. military officers are going to consent to this because they really like you, aliens. It's entirely going to be to save the human race. <laughs> I'm with you, Corbin. Yeah, it would almost work the other way around, where like if they saved mankind, then you would think that someone might might then 
but still no, but mm-hmm. might yeah. then, then be likely them. to say, we love you, we consent. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. definitely not beforehand. Probably not even after, but definitely not before. Anyways, uh, so moving on in who's who, that was that was Bill. Uh, who is Nardole? Um, I like his his coat toggle being a microphone. Did y'all notice that? <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> funny. I love him. He's doing very like, obviously communicating to the doctor. Hey, doctor. The stuff that's yeah. I, I always love in, in shows where someone grabs their collar and, and speaks into yeah. it or does the like finger on the palm of the hand slash cuff of the sleeve to, to like talk into for some reason they have a microphone in their sleeve. <laughs> yeah. I love when shows do that. And I especially love when there's obviously no microphone at all. Yeah. When it's obviously they just told the actor, pretend like you have a microphone in your sleeve. Um, I did see They're one just... movie where there actually was a microphone and it made it more awkward because <laughs> when they reached down and lifted up like that, they were like holding a little microphone like the size of a, of a Crayola marker tip uh, uh, cap. Um, and I was like, that's even more awkward now. That's been up their sleeve this whole time. Um, so <laughs> so I love that this. his was just straight up the toggle of, you know, yeah. like that you would use to button up the coat. That's what he talks that, into. That's the microphone. The Wikia said he used it again and said that in, in a previous episode, he had done the same thing. And I do huh. not remember this at all. No, definitely but not. But they, they, they mentioned which episode it was. So presumably it's true. Which episode was it? I didn't write it down. Well, I'm not as obsessive as they are. <laughs> um, okay, so I mentioned that the, the Wikia faithfully recorded all the bio data that the sonic sunglasses were feeding to the doctor. In this episode, we are told that Nardole is 237 years old. Mm, my gosh. He is 5'6", 216 pounds. Okay, that's probably just Matt Lucas's actual stats. Yeah. With a resting heart rate of 78 BPM, which was the same, <laughs> you know, same vicinity as everybody else. However, he's also reading 86.5 degrees Fahrenheit or 30.3 degrees Celsius. What? He's like actually, hypothermia. He, he was actually reading 30.3 Celsius, and I did oh. the conversion for our American listeners. But, um, yeah, several degrees. Like, in Fahrenheit, like 12 degrees below normal temperature, which, thanks to COVID, we all know now is bullcrap anyway. But yeah. um, I am I am a... I am a rock steady 97.3 to 97.5. I'm getting 99.1 on a specific thermostat every time they would measure me. Thermometer? Thermometer. Thermostat. (laughs) Thermostat. (laughs) They were cutting on your personal air conditioning? What are you talking about? Um, Yeah, so for him to be 86.5, I think that's, yeah, Corbin, I think you're right. I think that's medically hypothermia at that that point. That's just where he lives, guys. He gets And what's funny is, as soon as I read that, I went, yeah, that checks out. Yeah, he looks like he's about 86 degrees. Um, so now I'm wondering, is that because of his species or because he's a robot? Hmm. Because, oh, because we also what, got we also got the he... mention here um, when they're going into where the poison is. He's like, oh, don't worry, I'm immune. And the doctor says, your lungs aren't. I got them cheap. What? what? He was like, did you? So now you tell me. Yeah, he built yeah. an Arnold. <laughs> Some people scrounge through junkyards to, you know, to recreate their, their 1956 Chevy or whatever. He got a Nardole. Um, got your lungs cheap, so be easy on those. Like, what? How does this bacteria work that you have to breathe it in and then it'll decompose your entire body? Uh, from the inside out, yeah. Why does it wait? <laughs> Why does it wait? Why does it wait? 
Y'all know when I say sometimes I wish this was a video podcast. Yeah. This was one of those times where Corbin just went Why through. Why do you like- Corbin's face went through about 17 emotions before he got out his words. That was so great. Um, yeah, I thought that was uh, – that whole thing was weird. I think all of that was just – how do we how do we take Nardole and the TARDIS out of the equation? Yeah. That's all it was. Because like, okay, we're gonna lock the doctor in a room where he's gonna die. Well, the TARDIS will solve that. Um, you know, but we gotta do something to get the TARDIS out of the way. Well, Nardole is in the TARDIS. Well, we'll wow. get him out of the way too by knocking him out. And notice he didn't liquefy. Yeah. He just luckily. got knocked unconscious. I thought he was about to die. I'm like, come on, don't do that. No, no, no. He's he's too much robot. He also, can't, he can't decompose. What is the doctor doing? Is he just like holding his breath? Because as far as we're aware, this just decomposes well, any organic material. Yeah, well, no, because Nardole said he was immune. And so did the doctor. And, and so then presumably the doctor, the doctor is. is too. You know, just like, you know, anytime we're like, we're going to go into the vacuum of space or we're going to be drowned or we're going to be buried alive. The doctor's like, that's okay. Doc- I can hold my breath longer because I'm an alien. Maybe, maybe what it was is so the only other person the only other people we saw interacting with this stuff one of them was wearing a full body hazmat suit so maybe every part of nardole was immune except his lungs and his lungs just got liquefied okay so it didn't pass out his lungs (laughs) liquefied and so he's just and then he passed out and then he passed out yeah by the way you mentioned about the the full hazmat suit it bothers me to no end when you're watching a show or a movie and they're wearing a biohazard suit that they just pop the helmet off of. Yeah. <laughs> because you said full head-to-toe biohazard like suit. And I'm like, on this. And I'm like, yeah, except for the part where it's essentially a hood. Yeah. It's essentially a fitted hood. There's like a flappy bit at the bottom. You just pulled it off. Like the bacteria can definitely flow in and out of. Like if this it was a radiation airtight, you would be you're you're dead. dead. You're dead. You're dead. You are so dead. And it is not uncommon for that to happen where they just have the like, it's like you're not a beekeeper. (laughs) You don't just need like a little bit of netting around your head. It's, it's bacteria. It can get under the flappy bit. I also love when they like get tired. So they just pull the helmet off. You're like, what are you doing? I gotta breathe. uh, Okay. The last breaths you ever will take. Congratulations. (laughs) I did. I did laugh though when when he uh, when the guy that that rapidly decomposed pulled off the the helmet thing, and he said, "Oh, I think I'm going to be sick." And I just went, "Smells and colors, <laughs> smells and colors, <laughs> or colors and smells." What was it? So, uh, who is Missy? We don't care. Didn't see her this episode. Who is the doctor, guys? We had we had a rant of the week. I've I've noticed that um, as we're rapidly approaching the end of 12's time here, that twelve has some. Some David Tennant level rants of the week, man. Except, yeah. you know what, though? Rant of the week is not even right. Yeah. Tennant would have a rant like at the end of the episode, right? Somewhere towards the climax of the episode, he would like go slap off on yeah. the companion or the villain or all of humanity or whatever you know, it was. Just all what we keep getting with 12 is an opening monologue. Right. Last week we had, or no, two episodes ago, we had space, the final frontier, final, because it's trying to kill you, you know, and but then it was this whole long speech, right? So this week we open up with the end of your life has already begun. Dang, 12. Come on. Let me get my, I haven't even opened my 
can of Coke yet, man. I haven't even settled in. <laughs> the remote is still in my hand, dude. And you're like, the end of your life has already begun. Well, thanks. I guess I'll enjoy this popcorn. Thanks now. for the warning. Jeez. Um, there's a last place you will ever go. And by the way, you know, like leave it to 12 to just really make you want to just pause the movie and think about your entire existence. There's a last place you will ever go. A last door you will ever walk through. A last sign you will ever see. And every step is taking you closer. The end mm. of the world is a billion, billion tiny moments. And somewhere, unnoticed, in silence or in darkness, it has already begun. Whoa. Dang, 12! <laughs> I love it, though. Just like it. He just waxes so poetic. <laughs> Cuts off the TV. Just like... It was over yeah, like curls up in a fetal position. <laughs> part of me that just like wants to like, you know, dramatically slowly close the laptop lid, cut off uh, Amazon, and just be like, "Well, boys, let's just enjoy the ride, shall we?" Sits there <laughs> till just, the end of time. Come here, come here, children, come hug me. <laughs> uh, somebody said uh, it was Bill. Are you talking to yourself in there? He was. He was just kind of. <laughs> At the, end of no that, one. at the end of that rant, she's like, are you talking to yourself in there? And then says something about, did you double lock the, the TARDIS? Yeah. What, so I guess that it? could have gone in the TARDIS section. Oh, there's, yeah. there's a double lock, apparently. You can lock it so that uh, a companion can't open it with their key or, or something. Um, he has to keep coming up with ways to get around admitting he's blind. Can we all take a deep sigh that the blind thing is gone now. Yeah. Because yes. that was getting weird. Also, can we all just acknowledge how ridiculous it is that Bill did not pick up at all. How yeah. clueless they made Bill seem. <laughs> Nardole is in the background describing He's everything. He's a hundred yards away <laughs> describing to the doctor what's happening six inches in front of his own face. <laughs> there are people a, walking out. I a, can tell. I would imagine that that's one of the monks you saw in the simulation because I didn't see the video of the simulation, but you did see a video of the simulation and we're still not sure how you saw the video. Did you see the video or did you just see an echolocation? Anyways, it's probably one of them standing directly in front of your face. Dude was like a foot away from it. Not there were, no there were some the moments that, was, that were hilarious. Oh, look, a bright light approximately six feet in front of us. Like those those bits were funny. But even then, he was so painfully obvious. There were times where Bill was going like, what's happening right now? There were other times where she was not reacting at all to Nardole yeah. being weirder than normal. <laughs> And that's like, what? What are we doing? Like, it's almost a little in character with that light thing. But when he, yeah, that bit made sense. That was when fun. he's yeah. talking into a microphone directly to the doctor, describing what's happening to him, and she's just like, oh, "I'm a talking to the microphone too." And it's like, hang on a second. Oh, you know what? Yeah. I just remembered. We did see the Sonic this episode. Oh, we did. Yep, because yeah, he, he used it to open the gate in front of him. The, yeah. the, sorry, not the oh, yeah. gate. The swing arm. Where the, the, the two most ineffective guards in all of time and space were standing on the other side of a thin rail that would stop exactly no one who wanted to pass, who genuinely wanted to pass. And as it raises up, they halfway raise their guns and kind of point them vaguely in his direction. And when he, he, the presumed intruder, holds his hands up, his hand up, and just sort of waves them off, they lower their guns. Yeah. What is your job? 
Well, I mean, he you are not the a president guard. of the world. But do whatever. they know that? <laughs> Presumably. It seems like no one knows this. Like, right? Yeah. Yeah. Most of all, Bill doesn't know this. But yeah, they're, they're like, if they, okay, Trip, if they knew that, then why'd they raise their gun? <laughs> that would be like raising your gun at the queen. Because <laughs> she wants and to then, go into her and house. And then when she says, put that down, you go, oh, I guess I better do what she uh, says. She's yeah. the queen. Why'd you raise the gun to the queen? Why did you raise your gun at, at the president? Or if you didn't know he was the president, why did you obey him when he, yeah. said, when he didn't even say a word? Just put his hands up in your, excuse me, hand up, not hands up like I surrender, like put a hand up, like settle, settle down over there, you. It made no sense to me. So yes, he did use the sonic screwdriver uh, there. Not even the sonic sunglasses. There, are, it, It's beginning to make me wonder, why does he sometimes choose to use the sonic screwdriver over the sonic sunglasses? Like, I don't understand what's, what's the difference. I really thought when I was first watching this, that if they, that when he got the the new blue sonic i was like oh that's awesome now the sunglasses can go away no it's like nope. nope apparently we have to hold on to them so that we can get to this point where he's blind it would have been one thing if he'd have brought them back out for that yeah. but he's Something. been using them the whole time so that's quite annoying. enough of that uh he said to the monks um there's a line in the sand and I, you know who i am i'm the man on the other side that's just that classic doctor. <laughs> I dare you to step across that line. Uh, every trap you step into is a chance to learn more about your enemy. Oh, okay. That, no. that explains 50 years of Doctor Who <laughs> right there. This is walk directly at the enemy's trap. Yeah, like, of course it's a trap. I'm waiting for it to spring so that I can learn what their plan is. Like, that's just Why so... Why didn't you say that? That's so great. Oh. That's so great. Um Adorable, handsome, but still approachable doctor, he calls himself. <laughs> I, love, <laughs> I love it when he does that. He waffles between I'm not the huggy type to adorable, handsome, yet approachable. Like, yeah, like so, who calls themselves adorable? That never happened. No uh, the doctor, apparently. Uh. Hey guys, Dreams of the Whovian is also brought to you by listeners like Victor, Jared, and James. If you find value in what we do like they do, here's what you can do. Head over to yeah, ba-do, ba-do. <laughs> Head over to noobsinthehoovian.com slash support and do something. Click on something, buy something, <laughs> subscribe to something, uh, just send us a, a dollar on, uh, on, on PayPal because you can. Uh, why not? <laughs> um, you know, there's another podcast that I listen to where this guy accidentally started a, like a thing where... Uh, somebody asked him if he had Venmo for the show and he didn't. So he opened Venmo and then people started randomly just like sending him a dollar on Venmo. <laughs> and so now it's like a whole segment of his show where he's like, send me a dollar on Venmo and hashtag it with this or whatever. And like occasionally he'll I, actually, I don't even know if he, he reads any of the messages out on the show. It's just like, here's a stupid thing you could do. Send me a dollar. And it's not a subscription. It's not an ongoing. It's not recurring monthly. It's just send Literally me a send dollar. Send him a dollar. Yeah, and he's got a big enough audience that like he's making hundreds, if not thousands, of dollars every month <laughs> because people think, hey, you know, it'd be funny if I sent that guy a dollar on Venmo. So send us a dollar on PayPal if that's if that's how you want to support us. Do that. Noobsinthehoovian.com slash support. You can not only sign up for uh, 
um, ongoing support as a Patreon member, but there is a button on there um, or maybe even a couple where you can just give a dollar on PayPal or give whatever amount on that you want on PayPal and give it one time. And so that can come out of your PayPal funds. It can come off of your credit card on PayPal, however you want to do it. And then you can actually check the box and make it recurring. And if you do that, um, then we don't have to pay Patreon any of any of their cut. So you can just give it directly to us. <laughs> I mean, PayPal is still going to get their 2.7%. But, but hey, who's who's keeping track? Me, that's who. All right, so noobsandthewhovian.com slash support. Go do something about it. Uh, that brings it down to our classic Who connections. Let's hear what Jared has to say today. Hello, noobs in the Whovian. This is Jared with your classic Who connections for the pyramid at the end of the world. Could we have a longer title? Anyway, uh, I guess I see how that works. But anyway, uh, so I'm bringing you your classic Who connection today. Another one of those episodes where I could only find one thing. Uh, and it's pretty, pretty uh, small. But uh, this, this is... The, the fact that the TARDIS was double-locked. You might remember that Bill could not get into the TARDIS. Uh, couldn't, she couldn't figure out why. And so because the TARDIS was double-locked, the first time we saw that, and really the only time until New Who, this is, I think, only the third time it's happened. Uh, but the first time was with the first Doctor, uh, just the, the second uh, series there, which, which the serial, The Dalek Invasion of Earth. And the door was double-locked then, and... Uh, others couldn't get in. Um, so that's it. That's all I could really come up with. Um, you know, that, that happens sometimes. They, they don't always, uh, think of us classic who fans when they're putting these together, I guess. But anyway, uh, so I'm going to give it a rating of, uh, 7.5 out of 10. I thought it was pretty good. I can see how they call these continuations, uh, but you could you could honestly probably watch them in individually. They aren't 100% dependent on the story be, before them. But uh, I, I can see how they consider these continuations of one long story uh, about the monks and all that, but just not uh, one, um, not not just one story like, uh, you know, two-parter or three-parter or four-parter. So anyway, uh, but I, I like that. I kind of like the long story. I like playing with the, the long game on, on things like this. And I like uh, I, I liked what they did. Um, didn't really feel like Bill should have felt compelled to trade the earth for the doctor, the doctor's eyesight so he could get out the doctor's life. I mean, I don't think she knows about regeneration and all that. But of course, this might have been an event that would actually kill him. Uh, but she doesn't really have the authority to trade the earth. So that was kind of, that was more my, my biggest uh, challenge with it. So it's not, not as high as it could have been. Uh, you know, she, yes, her, uh, commitment, I forget the word specifically, but, uh, was pure because it was out of love and that's great, but it was out of love for saving the doctor, not not because love for the earth or having the authority or power to do that. Anyway, you guys have probably already talked about this. Sorry for going on. Without many connections, what am I supposed to talk about? Anyway, uh, and creep levels, I'm going to give it a, a hundred creep levels. Um, just because, again, the I, I think the monks are kind of creepy, even though like they don't really scare me, but they're kind of creepy looking uh, and um, they're... Uh, the way they act and, and the, just that whole idea of um, 
you know, we're here to take over and you're going to beg us to, uh, you know, just just that that uh, confidence there from uh, someone who a, a race or a, a being or whatever that uh, wants to just totally take you over and control you. That's kind of creepy to me. Uh, again, more psychologically creepy than anything else. Um, uh, so, oh, I forgot to give the the rating of above so 7.5 out of 10 gases that turn people into goo and speaking of creep levels that was kind of creepy too so gonna give it 100 creep levels uh all right that's all i got thanks to the tardis wikia and thanks to noobs and whovian for having me on i look forward to bringing you more classic who connections next time all right thanks jared uh so let's see that brings us down to our overall impressions jared gave us his trip what do you think um, I think I'm gonna go, I don't know, it wasn't really the worst episode, but... Let, let me ask you this, as you're thinking about that. Uh, does it change your rating for this episode at all to consider it as part two of three? <sighs> I mean, the first one was good and all, but... The first I one was fe- great. Yeah. That was but, the best episode in a long time. But I don't think this one had anything to do with it. Like they were two okay. entirely different storylines. Okay. It was the same alien, but nothing else was. Okay. Yeah. And and did his prior knowledge help him at all? No. Did the email mm. help him at all? It Not was all. just literally a warning saying, "Oh yeah, these guys are gonna come." Yeah. They didn't they tell like, anything about them. And, and it was just a right, heads didn't up. Give a weakness or anything that that, that we've seen <laughs> so far. Yeah. Maybe, maybe there's something in part three. I don't remember. <laughs> but the. The only thing that it did was it caused the doctor to tell Bill to invite Penny over. Yeah. <laughs> so that Which, they could have the same joke in two episodes. <laughs> right. Once yeah. about the, the Pope and once about the Secretary General of the UN. I don't understand what Penny being there had to do with anything. She didn't. Yeah. Her being there didn't change the outcome or even the beginning of this story. Line, it was right? just so that we could have a cool episode. What was? What? The not Penny being there, the whole transmission was just so that we could. Yeah, that episode. Have an, well, yeah. Cool but here's episode. the thing: like, if that was it, like, That'd be cool. Okay, if you if you had the last episode and then didn't have this one, if you had extremists but not Pyramid at the end of the world, yeah. it would be unsatisfying. It'd be like, whoa, what happened to the monks, right? But if you didn't <laughs> have extremists and then you did have this episode, does it change anything? No. Other than Nardole's line. Like, no. if you cut out the first few <laughs> oh, minutes where it's just Penny and Bill talking about what happened in the last episode, <laughs> yeah. nothing would be changed. <laughs> you know what? All the all the Whovians that actually remember this season are going, Austin, you're forgetting about this crucial thing that's coming next yeah. week. And I don't remember it. So, um, I, I, yeah, I don't know. I, so what about this episode? What do you, what do you rate this episode, Trip? I think, think? um, 8.5, I don't know, uh, weird monk, weird monk things, weird monk things. All right. Um, yeah, I, I asked you, how do you think, how do you feel about this as, as part two of three? Let me ask you this. Would, Would your, would it change anything if this was part one of two and we didn't have last week? Does it change your rating at all? Really? I doubt it. Not really, does it? No. Last episode was good, but it yeah, didn't it, it do anything didn't do for anything. this episode. Yeah, it kind of it, it introduced us to the monks, but not really. Yeah, 
We didn't know anything more about them going into it. We learned they were highly advanced. But, I mean, other than that, it's yeah. not like we were told anything about them that was right. helpful to this episode. I guess... Like, we didn't even that, know that they could cure the Doctor of Blindness yeah. because of that episode. The only thing that sort of <sighs> yeah. makes it... Uh, the fact that they had been simulating versions of Earth is why they know how it's going to end. But even then, you can introduce that in this episode. Basically, exactly the way they did, we've simulated the Earth many, many times, and well, we know honestly, every disaster. you don't even need that. Because, because what did that simulation give them that they used in this episode? Because there was no point in this episode where they like anticipated the doctor's move or anticipated something that Nardole was going to do or Bill was going to do All or the generals did. were going to do. They yeah. didn't, it's not like they had foreknowledge, which you would think they would because that was the whole point of the simulations. All it did was just let them know that the earth was where. ending soon. Yeah. 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 Went in the where. Okay. So what's, what's your, what's your overall score then? Corbin? Oh, uh, I still thought it was pretty good. So I'm going to say eight echolocation <laughs> sunglasses. <laughs> um yeah so i don't know like i really don't know how i feel about this one um like last week i was pumped it was like i, I when we got to the end of that episode i remember just like stopping and looking at y'all and we, we were just like looking at each other like yeah yes you know like more of this mm -hmm. please and then this episode was like eh, it was okay it wasn't it, bad it, was, it was not bad it wasn't bad it, it was not it was bad a, but it was a normal episode yeah it's it's, it's a i don't know if it, I don't know if it's hurt by following that amazing episode last week. Like if we didn't have oh, that one so. and we just went straight into from oxygen, if we went from oxygen to this, we would have been like, this is great because oxygen yeah. was terrible. Yeah. <laughs> so if we came into this, like, isn't that weird? We went from like our lowest rated to our highest rated in a long yeah. time. Uh, back to back episodes. So <laughs> at any rate, um, so I don't know. I'm feeling kind of middle of the road. But, and and too often when I say that, I end up going, so it's only 8.5. And you I feel know, like we cheapen the other It's only like 10.7. I'm going to go, I'm going to go seven out of 10, um, uh, soft boiled eggs <laughs> that I imagine the monk chewing on. <laughs> <laughs> so specific and long. Uh, I was trying to think of something like kind of, kind of soft that you wouldn't want to just tear right into. I don't, I don't know. Like some kind of, maybe it's, maybe it's angel food cake. Maybe that's what it is. He's just kind of, he's just going, hey, 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 hey. he's like, you literally chewing his dialogue. Anyway. <laughs> Anywho. So our creep level, what do we think? Mm, I mean, we already saw these guys. We're kind of used to them now, but They're just, you does, know, no. they're still, creepy. was there anything else creepy? In no. this episode, other than uh, just no. their other appearance, than just corpses. Down. They're still oh, yeah, creepy, the melting obviously. people or person. Oh, yeah, yeah, that was. I really guess weird. that was just gross, really. Yeah. <laughs> Thing is, like, they, you they just show them on screen so much that they start to yeah look like any other bad. Yeah, and, guy. and we have another whole episode where they're yeah. the baddie of the week. So. <laughs> yeah. So what do what do you think, Corbin? Um, probably about a hundred. Okay, I'm gonna go one fifty. Um, cause again, like last week, I think, I think they were more creepy last week than they were this week. Yeah. They were a lot more mysterious last week and yeah. that was kind of helped with the creepiness. Yeah, like the first time we saw them, it was creepy hand reaching through a portal of light and dragging yeah. somebody through a wall. Yeah. Yeah. And then this one, they're just 
all over the place. And they're diplomats in this. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> they're like, we're we, the peaceful people who don't want to conquer you without your consent. Yeah, and we literally saw them standing in broad daylight in the desert, like as much light on them as possible. Like, they were way scarier in like an underground forbidden library um, where, where also it made more sense that there were monks. Yeah, yeah. I feel like we lost whatever that lost, connectivity point yeah. was. They didn't have to it was remain like, monks either. Uh, right. That's what I'm saying. Like, you know, they were like, the, ooh, the, the, the dead decaying monks. Ooh, what's, what's weird about them? Maybe they're humans that were deformed or something. Like, ah, nope, they're aliens and they just wear red robes. <laughs> yeah, it kind of doesn't make sense in the last episode either because they're all over the world, not in this one well, hidden library. It, it only made sense as much as it it was playing into the opening theme. Yeah. The opening theme being the Catholic Church, the Forbidden the Library. Da Vinci Ooh, Code. Veritas. S and uh, what was the other Latin word? Crap. I, I can't remember. remember. Um, Who knows? Oh, no. What was it? It was the Veritas and then the other thing that was, you know, that was the forbidden Latin words, you know. So it's like, oh, yeah. then, then you have creepy looking monks. And uh, for a long time, I really did think that they were going to turn out to be humans of some sort. Yeah. yeah. Um, but they weren't. So it you know, took a lot of the creep factor away for me. We didn't really mention this last episode, but it was kind of strange how they shifted from Da Vinci Code-esque. Yeah. Like mystery thing where they're literally in secret forbidden yeah. libraries in the catholic yeah. church to it's a simulation yeah and mm -hmm. it, was, it was an interesting CERN road they here. <laughs> yeah oh yeah and CERN. yeah that's right <laughs> like, we went what yeah jeez oh man entire, we could, i'm sure there i'm sure there are entire books that have been written on the symbolism and that one of of science and faith and you know and all that kind of stuff <laughs> um meanwhile we're just like ew monks are weird yeah. uh trip how about you <laughs> i think i'm gonna go a little bit higher because i don't know they're just weird to me the, they're kind of like the silence. Like those never stopped being creepy to me. Uh, I yeah, I'm gonna agree so with you. So like, on that one, yeah. I'm gonna go like 170. Mm. I uh, I feel like even the silence it started to just become well, they're weird looking, less yeah, than creepy looking. But the more you yeah. look at them, the weirder they get. Yeah, but but like the less yeah. scary. Weird is only creepy when you're not like. I think they, they, they did sort of um, declaw de them a little bit when it's like, oh, no, they're just priests. <laughs> yeah. Like, Wait, what? <laughs> the silence are just priests, and the monks are literally Definitely. trying to take over the world peacefully. And you're like, what? <laughs> you're not a threat anymore. Then. <laughs> the no. weeping angels are just misunderstood landscaping decorations. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right so uh theories uh do we have anything we want to add to the theory we didn't we didn't see anything about his oath or the vault to speculate um on. we we um uh we we know we who's know in, who's now, in right? the vault we know yeah, who we know. made the <laughs> vow to right 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 um but like kind of that's it do you guys want to speculate anything additional about the vault i guess we know i don't know is there anything left we know who's in there we know why and we know who he made the vow to. Yeah. So is there anything left to, to discuss there? That's not really. Do you guys yeah. want to speculate at all about uh, what that means for the rest of the season? Now probably. you know Missy is there, Missy is in play. Yeah, it probably mean? means the final episode is going to be, be her getting her. out or something. Yeah. And then, okay. 
them fighting her. Okay, so there you go. Let's speculate about that. When does Missy get out? Definitely the probably last the episode. very end of the second to last episode, which is probably the very end. Okay, okay. So that the last episode is entirely about that. Okay. Yeah. Now keep in mind the last yeah, two parter. It, it's a two parter. At the okay. End. Okay. Then. So then, yeah, the, it's definitely with Missy. It's a uh, world enough in time and the Doctor falls. <laughs> so. Whoa. So. I wonder. Uh, so, okay, so so let's let's put that then. So, uh, what was it? When does Missy get out? Yeah. Which I'm gonna say, like they're gonna set it up the episode before her story. So, end of the third to last episode. So like she gets out. Like we see her break out. As, and then like, like the credits. last thing that happens. Yeah, yeah credits. Are, yeah. So the finale uh, two parter is about her. I think yeah. we're going to see her break out in the next episode and it's going to be a bigger thing. Like in in the second to last episode. In the Wait, two-parter bit. Hmm? Huh? She's going to break out in the first episode of the two-parter. Like we're going to, so we can actually see her and it's going to be like a big thing instead of like, oh, she's out. No, Corbin, Corbin is saying she's going to get out in the third to last episode. So yeah. the last two are all about her. What are you saying? I'm saying that at the very start, as like the opening before the credits roll. Of which episode? Of the first of the two-parter. <laughs> okay, so five minutes after what Corbin said. Corbin's yeah, saying the yeah. end of the third to last. You're saying the beginning of the second to last. Yeah. Okay, okay. <laughs> we are confusing the crap out of some people right now. Uh, they're, they're used to timey wiminess. They're, they're, they're all keeping up. They're good. Trust the audience, Corbin. Trust the audience. Okay, then. <laughs> Trust the listeners. <laughs> uh, how does Bill leave? Does anything that we saw in this episode change? Trip said uh, no. she dies by sacrificing herself. Corbin says she's going to get a life and leave the doctor. So both of you are saying essentially she's leaving on her own terms. Yes. Uh, anything well, you want to change in light of this episode? I'm going to say given the fact that she literally uh, gave up the human race's freedom uh, to keep the doctor alive, <laughs> okay. maybe maybe she is going to die. She's going to sacrifice herself. Okay, that's that's. I didn't want to lead the witness at all, but that's kind of what I was thinking. Is like she yeah. did kind of like do a little sacrificial thing there for the doctor. So so she's going to sacrifice <laughs> herself. Okay, all right. Now I'm going to push you guys. I'm going to push you guys. Uh, Trip is she going to sacrifice herself to save? Let me rephrase. What is she going to try to save by sacrificing herself? Probably the universe. It's got to be the biggest of the big. Okay. Honestly. All right. Corbin? Because, like, we've been for the human race. Actually, I'm going to take it back. I don't okay. Think she, I don't think she sacrifices herself. I think she, she just, just dies. dies. She gets okay. tragically stabbed by Missy or whatever. <laughs> kind of I don't think Missy's going to kill her. I don't think Missy's going to have much oh. to do with it. Like, uh, I, I don't think she's going to die because of Missy. Well, clearly not if she's <laughs> going to save the universe when she goes out. Yeah, I think she's just going to get killed and it's going to... Or is it a combination? Maybe. I, she sacrifices herself to save the universe by letting Missy kill her. Ooh. Wait. I just feel like it's going to be she dies, which is what makes the doctor do some really important thing. Yeah. Like kill you know, Missy, oh, okay. like happens quite frequently. Like with actually. the Raven, yeah, yeah, okay. Uh, but I, I, I didn't let you. I, I left you no wiggle room. 
I wrote down in your notes, Missy kills her. Because you were like, she dies. And then you said a bunch of other stuff. <laughs> but the notes just said she dies. Like, no, she dies mm-hmm. at Missy's hand. All right, so guys, uh, next week we are covering episode eight, The Lie of the Land, which will be uh, part three of three for the Monk Trilogy. <laughs> the Monk Arc. Mini, mm. mini Arc. I do think it's interesting. It's not a three-parter really, per se, kind of, sort of. But it is like a little mini three episode mini arc. It's not a season yeah. long arc. And it is a it, it is interesting that it's like a complete departure. We just saw it's Missy. <laughs> yeah. And I, I can't stand this about Doctor Who. Is when they go like, you know, fifteen minutes into episode one of a season, they're like, here's a mystery box. And then it's like we just put the mystery box on the yeah. shelf until episode ten. Mm. And then we go Hey, remember the mystery box that we haven't teased anything about? Here's what's inside. I mean, this one they did do a little bit more teasing of it, um, but but sometimes they, oh man, uh, they just they just get away from this stuff. So uh, it was kind of like that after the Impossible Astronaut. It was like we set up yeah. all of this crap, and then it was like, eh, let's not talk about that for a little while. Hey, you know what? Let's go play with pirates. Uh, <laughs> so um, then, pirates. after the Lion of the Land, it is back into some classic Who with our first official story in The Master Plan, we'll be covering 1976's fourth Doctor serial, The Deadly Assassin, to which Jared said, squee! He is super excited about this one. <laughs> squee! Uh, <laughs> um, and I'm, I'm excited about it too. I've done, I've done a little bit of reading and uh, I'm already asking him some questions. And then I was like, oh no, I got to stop reading the Wikia because I'm supposed to be the noob on yeah. these episodes. I'm supposed to be a noob too. So, uh, um, like we're, we're learning. It's so weird now that we're going back. This is going to be the, one of those ones where we're going to like every five minutes, we're going to be like, Oh, that's that thing Jared mentioned in David Tennant's mm-hmm. time. Uh, yeah. That's, yeah. Oh, that's what they were calling back to. So that's, uh, it's getting fun. I'm enjoying yeah. the classic episodes more and more as we go along. And, uh, and we're jumping back fourth doctor. We have, you know, that's, that's always mm-hmm. the way. So guys, noobs in the Hoobian is a production of master closet studios where it's always smaller on the inside. Your senior producer is me, Austin reason. Our audio engineer is this guy. I'm trip. And your production editor is the other guy. I'm Corbin. Special thanks to tardis.wikia.com for the trivia. Thanks to Jared for his classic who connections and shout outs as always to Victor, Jared and James for their ongoing Patreon support. You can find us over at noobs where you can find links to our Facebook and Twitter and our email and our Patreon and all of the things along with a big giant fat subscribe button. So you can figure out where you want to subscribe to us at your podcasting depot of choice and wherever that is, if they allow it, because some places don't for some flipping stupid reason, subscribe, <laughs> leave us a rating, share us with a friend, not because we're a great show, but because we watch one. As always, my name is Austin. I'm the Hoobie and these are my sons, Corbin and Tripp. And, and we're the news. And until next time, be safe if you can, but always be amazing. Goodbye. I just suddenly remembered Clara. Why? And always be amazing. Sad, Clara. <laughs> you know, the the monks haven't done anything yet. <laughs> they. Why'd you wait till we were done? <laughs> I just it hit me just now. Like thirty seven percent of our audience is not going to hear any of this because <laughs> they tuned out a long time ago. <laughs> we can talk about it maybe next episode if they continue to do nothing but <laughs> you know what would be funny is if we just like went for like another 15 minutes just to see yeah. who, just to see who the diehard listeners are <laughs> like if Everyone's you're still listening, still listening if you're hearing me right now send send an email noobs in the hoovian at gmail.com donate one dollar to venmo I- <laughs> <laughs>
That's right. Don't email us at Noobs in the Whovian. Uh, go to noobsinthehoovian.com slash support. Click on the PayPal button and in the memo put, I listen to the end. Here's a dollar. Here, here's a dollar.